Hey everyone, this is Tim, your kindly benevolent dungeon master. And before we get into today's episode, I just want to encourage you to check out the giveaway that we're doing right now up until the end of June. So you can enter to win a gift card to the Nerdy Chicken Shop of Curiosities. They have some really awesome tabletop RPG stuff like like really gorgeous dice, dice trays, dice towers, uh, miniatures, really just a great range of stuff. So anyways, all you have to do is head to any of our social medias, which the links are in our notes here, like the post, follow us and follow Nerdy Chicken, and tag a friend in the comments. And then if you want a bonus entry, you can also leave a comment with your favorite episode from our podcast or your favorite character, whether it's a player character or a non-player character. So yeah, check it out. And best of luck. And so, yeah, you guys were asking for a recap, which I did not prepare. (laughs) (laughs) What happened last time? So let's let's recap together. (laughs) Now I'm pretty sure the very last thing um, where we like where we left off was you guys um, getting back to Oakhurst and after like minimal conversation bunking down for the night. Yes, so I talked to the guy. He said to get my sword adjusted by my cousin. We have Hey-o. Bony Danza. He tried to encourage people after we just. <laughs> Broke the news that someone died. Someone gave my rings away. Yes, the rings were given back to the Ukreli family so that they could mourn the loss of their children. <laughs> uh, you guys escorted Erky, and he has been taken in by Corky at the local temple. Oh, yeah. Erky and Corky, the new buddy show. Yep. <laughs> And then what else? I think you did, did we go to talk bed? to Brick the blacksmith briefly. Yeah. And he told us to go see room. Torik. Good, because I forgot what name I gave him. <laughs> I was like, I knew I gave him a really lazy name. But uh, thanks, man. It's, it's Torik. Yep. I write that one down. I'm assuming he's in Waterdeep. I didn't write down where he is. But... He sure is. Yeah. sure is, man. <laughs> um. Yeah, and, and Matt is Castan sleeping in his two beds pushed together. I'm assuming because <laughs> he's a big, big furbolg man. Yeah, with the feet hanging off the edge. The end. Yeah. Do you have like hairy feet like a hobbit, or like what's the what's a furbolg's complexion like? That's a good question. Let me see. I've got a picture here. Uh, it doesn't look like he's too hairy. Just leafy. No? Leafy. Yeah, I'm like covered in moss and stuff. I have moss. Oh. Feet. Well. I mean, some people are down for the natural style, so that's it's cool. Like a little sloth. Except giant. <laughs> giant little sloth. Yeah. <laughs> little sloth. Like a, some kind of giant sloth. <laughs> <laughs> that would be the more succinct way to say it, yeah. <laughs> you know, I googled furbolg feet, and I 
I'm <laughs> kind of disappointed that I didn't get any like weird websites in my initial results here. <laughs> oh, no one's rule 34 that yet? No, it doesn't look like it. Oh, wow. Listeners, chance. listeners anyone who's <laughs> looking for a, a new niche. A new opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're in bed. Is that the recap? I mean, it sounds like it. Is it so, yeah, I mean... You guys accomplished your mission. You spent quite a while in the Citadel. So you're, hopefully your first night back in, in some form of civilization is uh, comfortable for you. You're probably feeling rested, yet still not rested enough. I don't think one night of sleep in a bed will quite shake off uh, the best that you guys got yourself into while you were underground in an ancient, previously dragon-worshipping Citadel. As yep. a parent, that expression really does make sense. Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> One night of rest will not make up for what you got yourself into. <laughs> yeah. But you did retrieve an apple, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. And maybe so some treasures and loot along the way to uh, subsidize your new adventurous lifestyles. At least one of us did. <laughs> <laughs> and a new best friend. <laughs> I'm assuming you're talking about Boney Danza, even though I was hoping you were talking about maybe Erky, but... No. Oh, I forgot about Boney yes, Erky was not my best friend. It's my friend, he's Boney Danza. <laughs> yes, Candace has gotten a quite powerful magic ring that she seems to be uh, using to... Whistle? A whistle, yeah. to uh, Using that to keep a... Well, and the skeleton you originally animated, I'm pretty sure, was... Um, like an old, he was in one of the, uh, uh, coffins in the Citadel, so. Yeah, he was super strong. Yeah, he's quite unique. I know. He's a fancy boy. <laughs> he's also wearing a scarf, which makes him fancier. Tom well, <laughs> <laughs> to get back to it, I guess. So, yeah, you guys are in Oakhurst. Um, oh, jeez, maybe I should open one of these there notebooks that I'm using with all the info in it. Or just wing it, see what happens. Just DM. I mean, I do that for most of it, but um, <laughs> what was the name of this bar again? <laughs> what was the name of this campaign? What? What are we doing? Let's see. Do I have it written down? Uh, Isn't it like the boar, the something boar? Yeah. Ah, the old boar in. Bonus points for Tim. So yes, you've had, you, you've had a nice rest. Um... Food is ready for you in the morning. Breakfast is provided. Continental. And um, as you're all getting up for the day, uh, you come down from the bar, you know, say hello to the to the staff working. It's pretty quiet during the daytime hours. Um, as you guys may go about town, um You'll quickly be informed that that night there is going to be a celebration hosted by the Hucrelli family. Um, it's a funeral celebration, but a celebration nonetheless. Um, so you guys have been asked to attend as a kind of part of the appreciation for um, your hard work and your thoughtfulness in returning the, the family rings of Hucrelli's lost children. Uh, Grogery hasn't returned, so it seems you guys don't really have too much reason to not attend. Uh, Corky, uh, with the help of Erky Timbers, 
has a very nice ceremony during the event, and there's um, there's food and drink. It's it's special for them. It's not you know too high class, but um, it's some of the nicer stuff available to the locals. So you guys spend another another just day with the locals if if you guys are all okay with with attending the ceremony it's quite wonderful it's nice you seem to have made an impression on the locals so did a whole day just pass are we back to nighttime again yeah unless there's something else you guys want to do it'll, it'll just pass by a day of kind of um waiting for your ride back to town and attending this funeral ceremony there is one thing i just don't remember when we came back if we talked to um corky about like that we discover or the discovery of uh what was killing the villagers right like we we learned that it was the twig blights that was doing Mm -hmm. it and we also learned that it was the seeds of the the apples that were growing the twig blights we i feel like we talked about that yeah i can't remember so if we did i wasn't too sure of myself yeah so if we didn't definitely i would spend some time at the uh the church or whatever it is with corky and explain all that because mm-hmm. I think the last you said was they were going to make sure to destroy any other saplings that they had. For yeah. Them. Yeah. So it's a bit of a tough um, choice. You know, obviously telling them gives them the knowledge they need to destroy any remaining saplings. Um, some people are a bit um, griefed and a bit shameful um, for falling for the trap, knowing that they had a hand in spreading this, uh, you know, blight. Um but all they can really do is keep watchful, and if there's any surviving twig blights, um, at least maybe some of your regaling of tails fighting them have taught them that fire would be a good method for trying to burn them out. Yes, and very satisfying when they go out that way, too. <laughs> all right, so you, you've given the town a hard truth to deal with, but they're likely, I mean, they are very appreciative of it. So yeah, you guys have a, a wonderful ceremony. It's held in the temple. It's very classy. There's little candles lit and everything. And you, can, you guys are provided with your rooms again, again, no charge. So there's no loss um, in income for you guys. And I make sure to blow the whistle again so that Bonanza continues to stay with me. <laughs> okay. The locals put up with it because um, you just kind of save the day and they're trusting. Yeah, um, but it's very uncomfortable. And no no amount of top hats can hide the stench of a corpse walking around animated by your side. It's so old, it's been picked clean. He's just shiny and bones. Well, it's in the eye of the bone holder. <laughs> eh? Eh? Nope. Okay, that's terrible. <laughs> End of podcast. <laughs> All the listeners are gone. Before we go to bed, I'm going to cast Goodberry. You're going to cast Goodberry again? Yeah, before bed. Before bed, oh, Goodberry. okay. Just like having them as a snack at night? Well, because it then my spell slots renew overnight, and uh, and then I've got ten Goodberries. You never know when you're going to need them, Tom. Okay. <laughs> How long do they last? 24 hours. All right. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. All right. Cast good berries before bed. You have another sleep. You're finally starting to feel like regular people again after a second's night rest. And the next day, when you wake up, uh, go through the normal breakfast routines and everything, 
Grogri is out in the center of town um, with the wagon that brought you here. The uh, back flaps are already peeled off so that... Um, <laughs> um, what a disgusting way to describe cast- that. <laughs> oh, what a... Oh. The, you know what I mean. The, the cover over the back of the cart is opened up so that Castan can fit his large self into it. <laughs> Just peel in the back flaps. Grow up. Title of the episode. <laughs> all right so unless there's anything else you want to do in town um he's ready to take you back to water deep uh maybe if if we just is there like a a something that we can give as like a i don't know contact just to leave with like urky and like our cell stone number yeah (laughs) i don't know just well like what's this there's this uh, guild that we're trying to get into, right? So maybe yep. just some information like this might be how you could reach us or something. Yeah, you can mention um, the, the guild that you were worked for was called Ion's no- Knowledge. You can mention that um, as well as your names. They may be able to contact you. But yeah, there's no cell stones in this one quite yeah. yet. So yeah, maybe just leave that information in case. I mean, and just let them know, like, I, I would talk with Erky and just say that it was uh, unless he's not coming with us right I'm assuming he's staying with Corky yep he's gonna stay with Corky yeah so I would express to to Erky that it was uh, it was a pleasure adventuring with him and that I was I was very happy to have had him as a a, a member of our, our little party during this and that he was you know very valuable to us and, and I won't forget him and hopefully our paths cross again and if he ever needs us hopefully this is where he can find us it's very kind he's extremely thankful um, and he says a short blessing for you yeah don't worry Ergie. we'll be back once we grind Just out a few more levels and uh, come back for this dragon priest alright so everything's ready for you guys to begin your trip back uh, it's a bit of an overcast day it's early morning Perfect day to leave dead farmers on the side of the road. I feel like I don't remember that reference at all. It's from episode one. Oh, boy. Episode one. I thought you were just becoming a little bit psychopathic. A little bit more. Yeah, that was a a farmer. Yeah, a farmer. Dead farmer being eaten by a wolf that uh, Uh. Castan talked to. And convinced it to just drag the corpse off into the woods. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> let's return these rings to their families, but let's just leave this dead body for the wolves. Did the farmer have a ring? Answer no. <laughs> yeah, I asked specifically about that. Am I gonna do return his pitchfork to the farm? Jeez. Continue. Okay, sleep mask on. So you guys actually make your way um, a few hours down the road and you can start to hear um, a whimpering. And if you peek out of the cart as you pass by, there is a uh, dying wolf on the side of the road. (gasps) Guys can pass by. um, No. Gregory is at the reins. He doesn't react too much. Tell Gregory to stop. And I hop out. Sure. Kind of grunts and slows the horses. 
Roll a perception check for me there, Castan. That is a natural one <laughs> for my first roll of the game. <laughs> it doesn't look so hot. That's, you know, yeah. you've seen better looking wolves, but... Makes sense. Okay, I'm, I'm going to... Can I tell, like, does it look, does it look, like, visibly injured, or does it just look unwell? It's not too much of a check. It looks visibly injured. There's kind of, like, pieces missing from it. Um, it's on the ground. It's kind of wheezing. It doesn't seem like there's much left in it. Have its back flaps been peeled off? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's peeled off, but I think its back flaps might be, like, falling off. Oh, (laughs) But this, like, it looks like the the result of, like, a a physical attack rather than, like, a disease? No, you would say this looks more like a disease. Oh. Yeah. Like, Um, this is, it's sick and dying. Okay, I'm going to cast Detect Poison and Disease. And what does that spell? Does there any... uh, kind of detailed text uh, to it that? It says, you can d- t- sense the presence and location of poisons, poisonous creatures, and diseases within 30 feet. You can also identify the kind of poison, poisonous creature, or disease in each case. Okay. So yes, this is a disease, and uh, because of your prior knowledge, normally even with the spell, identifying the disease would be a little confusing, um, but it is similar in nature to the blight disease you guys saw in the citadel i was wondering like the thing that they were injecting the rats with i have something in my notes um -hmm. vial of antitoxin that we got from the goblins i shove it in the wolf's ass use it on not an already dying wolf (laughs) (laughs) maybe not use it on the wolf Also, that is how you take all pills and stuff, but... Mm-hmm. Oh, no. For real, you're going to do that? You're going to use our antitoxin on the dying wolf? He may as well... Um, yeah. Why not? Hugo, can you make a... Maybe an arcane check or a medicine check? I'm going to go with a medicine. Total of 18. Yeah, so... Um, you have the idea, you pull out your, your vial antitoxin, um, but then as you recall, antitoxin treats poison, not disease. Okay, I'm going to use um, speech of beast and leaf, and I'm going to, I'm just going to ask the wolf, or I'm going to, you know, sort of approach slowly and say, I'm a friend, I'm not here to hurt you, can you... Uh, uh, because I know they can't talk back to me, but maybe, like, can you point with your nose or something, like, in the direction of of uh, who did this to you? Okay. I kind of see what you're getting at. So you, you kind of, it's like a communication. It's not like the wolf all of a sudden speaks common, right? right. It can understand what I'm, what I'm saying. Yeah. In this magical communication, you kind of start getting... Uh, like vision flashes, excuse me, uh, vision flashes from the wolf. So you see an image of it running through the forest. You get a sense of a foul smell, um, an aversion, and you see it um, spot 
a twig blight out in the forest as it runs away to avoid it. You see it with its pack. Some of them look sickly like it is now, though less developed in their in their sickness. Um, you see, or you get senses that uh, they were very hungry. And you also see some scenes where um, some of its normal prey animals, like rabbits, um, were diseased, and the hunger led them to eat some of these diseased animals. So it seems like times have been rough, and likely it gained this disease from eating a, another sick animal. Um, but you also saw that flash where there are twig blights in the forest that have gone out. All right, I'm going to continue to approach and just like tell tell the wolf that I'm I'm sorry for for what has happened and and I I can end its suffering. And I just want does it like try to run or anything? No, I couldn't even lift its own weight. There's no way this thing will ever stand back up again. All right. So I'm going to kind of I'm going to kneel down beside him and give him a few little pets and then I'm going to pull out pull out my Contract dagger. Contract the disease. I'm going to pull out my dagger and just uh I don't know, sever like the the spinal cord at, right at the neck or something. All right. You do it in a very humane way and uh, you put it down and I'll, I'll give you inf- inspiration for that. It's the saddest, the saddest inspiration I've ever got. <laughs> Can I ask Groggery if he's seen or heard of other stuff like this that's been happening in the area? Yeah, you're just sitting in the cart, like watching <laughs> guest Dan do his whole in touch with nature yep. bit. You're just like, hey, uh, is this kind of shit normal? It's <laughs> <laughs> like, but uh, yeah, if, if you ask Grogring, <laughs> what I'm wondering is like, is this just a twig blight, or is there somehow another one of these weird trees out in the wilderness that's spreading blight all over the place? If you ask Grogring, he's he doesn't show too much emotion um, over the sad scene going on beside the cart, but he'll say, uh, hmm, yes, it's tough times lately. He doesn't know about what you guys have seen before, so he kind of says, um, disease is more common. There's a sickness going around in the city folk as well. Can't imagine this is too much different. Good thing Stan touched it. Is there a hand sanitizer nearby that I can just, uh, you know? I don't know, mash some good berries <laughs> up in your palms. <laughs> yeah, eat some of those good berries. Yeah, that's right. I, also, if, if the party's not opposed, I'm going to like just spend like five minutes real quick, grab like a bunch of sticks, kind of make the, a really small little like pyre, and then use uh, druidcraft to, to light it, and I'm just going to burn the, burn the body of the wolf. Just sitting in the back of the truck, talking to my skeleton friend. Does he talk back? No. That's why I like him. <laughs> I forgot you brought the skeleton in the cart. I did not. <laughs> Is he in the cart? He's in the cart. You brought a skeleton into the cart with Groggery, eh? Yeah. Ooh. I put on some clothes, but you didn't even give me a chance to pick up a top hat and a coat and that fake beard. <laughs> Um, can I ask Castan, can you, like, how, how, how thoroughly are you able to speak with animals and to have them speak with you? At this time, <laughs> I can only communicate to them. I can't really, like, have a conversation 
It's mm. it's a pretty one way communication. Okay. Uh, it also gives me advantage on charisma checks to influence them, if that makes a difference. But yeah, it's a pretty one sided um, communication. So Candace, unfortunately, I don't know how you got Bony Danza onto the cart at first, no. but Gregory, Gregory has no. issue with your undead. <laughs> so I'm not going to role play it, but you have a chance to convince him to allow you to bring it along. He is really not impressed by the undead, and he refuses to let you bring it into the city. But if you can make a check, he'll let you bring it close to the city. So you can try and roll a contesting charisma. Okay. He's not being responsible for bringing undead into the city. He doesn't know you guys that well. He recognized it as undead, even with his hat and his scarf? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. I think the empty um, eye sockets really give it away. So I'm just rolling? <laughs> yeah. I need some sunglasses. <laughs> Well, like when when Gregory notices, he pulls out a holy symbol, um, and starts to chant, and is only stopped with your potential <laughs> charisma. Oh, what's his holy symbol? So what am is I just it? rolling like a saving throw? Or? This one is a metal symbol. I don't know what it is, so I'm gonna say it's um, it's a little known orcish um, tribal healer symbol. All right, fair enough. Okay, what am I rolling against? Like, we're both rolling charisma? You have to try and convince him to let you keep an undead skeleton on his cart. Yeah, but you said I'm doing a contest. Like a charisma check? Okay. You can try and persuade or intimidate. Five. Do you have any bonuses to your roll? That's what bonuses. Oh. <laughs> oh, Gregory got a seven. Oh. It's a really bad back and forth. It's a pretty sad argument all in all, but he, he, yeah, he doesn't want it in the cart and he won't bring it into the city. He can kind of trudge behind okay. for now. Pony, just walk behind the cart. <laughs> yeah, he puts up with that since you both did a pretty bad job of justifying this. <laughs> but moving on. The argument was all about you guys the make your way back down the road. Like maximum bone capacity. <laughs> Maximum Bone Capacity is a good episode name. That's a cool band name, too. Yeah. <laughs> name your sex tape. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Possibilities are endless. Bone capacity increases once you uh, take off those back flaps. Mm-hmm. Let's appeal back the back flaps. All right. You guys continue on your cart ride. Things are moving around, or moving along. It's, um, it's about midday. When you all smell smoke on the air. Barbecue? Noticing the smoke, Grogri starts to slow a bit. Um, Is it more different? like burning plant matter. And soon you see clearly as you come up beside a field on fire. So this is a farmer's field with multiple fires burning through the crops. And as you get closer, you can hear um, a faint sobbing um, as a farmer kind of stands and watches his field burn. It's a weird way to celebrate our return to the town. (laughs) 
Okay, Gregory, hold the shit. Let's talk to this farmer. Once the cart has stopped, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll dismount and uh, go over and talk to this farmer and ask him what the heck's going on. Who did this? Are they still in the area? Do you need heroes? All right, so um, he's he's weepy. He's not like a full cry. He's just very upset. And as you get out, you notice kind of a, a, a little, a, maybe 40 feet or so, there's a few other guys. Um, once they see you stop, they start walking over. But right now, you're able to speak to the farmer. So Hugo, you, did you, you asked him uh, what's going on. He will tell you that, um, say, oh, it's an absolute shame. The disease uh, got to my my cornfields here, and ugh, I can't believe I could have prevented this, but now they say I have to burn them all to prevent the spread. Well, seems like an open and closed case. I walk back to the cart. She's task focused. Right now, task is get Apple back. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, I ask him who these other people are. Oh, he's um, he looks over his shoulder. He says, "Oh yes, uh, they're from the guild. They came to uh, to help me." Uh, what guild? And uh, as he says that, they they're starting to approach, and they say, "Hail, travelers! No worries here. Unfortunately." Some disease has come close to the city perimeters, and um, we've had to uh, clear some fields in order to stop the spread. There's clearly uh, a leader of the group. The two of them kind of fall back and step, and the one who's speaking is a human, uh, about 5'8", but broad and well-built. With dreamy eyes. Not really. <laughs> kind of dickhead eyes. <laughs> They're really close to his nose. He's decently handsome, but not the eyes. Yeah, and he's short. <laughs> we what guild? Short people. <laughs> what guild are they from? <laughs> the short people guild. If you Is ask, the lollipop he guild? will proudly show you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, a bunch of kidders, eh? No, not from the Lollipop Guild. I haven't even heard of that guild. We are from the Benevolent Hand. We are out here trying to help the people. Uh, what are you doing? Oh, I know the Benevolent Hand. That's when you sit on your hand for a while until it goes numb, and then you have one off the rim. <laughs> yeah, typical filth from a, from a peasant like you. Can you actually tell us about what we know about the benevolent hand? Wait, he just called Hugo a peasant. I want to see what happens. No. I am going to... Caster says, oh no, you didn't. <laughs> I'm going to ask him if he's uh, compensated this farmer for the damage that they've done. Compensated the farmer? Look, we're all here to help people, but we've just done a service for this farmer. We went around earlier and... Our fellow guildsmen offered wards to protect against the disease, but he chose not to get it, and now it has spread to his crop. And yes, he has paid us a nominal fee to come and rid him of this problem. Okay, hang on. I asked the farmer, did he did did you pay them or did did they take money from you? 
Uh, no, sir. I I made the mistake of not preparing for this, and I understand it's necessary, and no one works for free. Um, Can I roll uh, insight? Yeah, Thorn came back out hearing this, because it's 100% a shakedown! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can roll insight. You, you're rolling. You're trying to uh, gain some insight on the farmer. Yeah, fourteen. Yeah, all right. He, um, I mean, he's he's nervous around this guild member. Um, he's averting his gaze. He's kind of timidly speaking. Um, he seems pretty cowed at this point. Can I roll insight on those guys? Yeah. What are you trying? What are you trying to, uh, well, to glean? My perspective from my back history and life before this would be that they caused the blight to the thing because he didn't pay for them mm. to put pretend wards on it, <laughs> and then still collect money to burn the fields. But anyways, yeah. I, I would I mean, like. Yeah, welcome to make the roll. Yeah. See where that ends up. (laughs) I just think that he might be lying about his intentions, maybe. (sighs) Nine. Certainly can't tell too much. They seem very confident in themselves. Um, They don't give away any, you know, clear signs of, of bullshittery. With Hugo's insight, he can tell, you know, this isn't an ideal situation. But he did show a guild seal. He's a full sealed guild member, um, which means he has license to take on jobs like this. Fees are somewhat inevitable. Not everyone works for charity. Yeah, I mean, these are they're very proud guys, and they're very self-confident. Um, um, bunch of proud boys. Tell huh? that from your insight. <laughs> Don't. Can you tell us what we do know about the Benevolent Hand? Like, as people who have been part of the city and are trying to get our own guild? Yeah, it's... For those who have been around the city for a while, like, even Hugo, who's lived in the city for his life, I believe, um, it's a new guild, which is almost unheard of. But they're not one of the traditional guilds that have been around and have well-established properties. Mm -hmm. This is... Uh, somewhat of a newly developed guild for the people by the people. Yeah. How long until Boney Danza shows up? Oh, he's hi- <laughs> he's he's hiding because I saw how this other guy reacted, and I'm not losing Boney. Wait a second, Boney Danza has a really great sword, right? Because he was one of the undead from the crypt. I don't know about that. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll give you that he has a sword. No, you had there was some cool like. I mean, your magical yeah. sword? No. You have a really cool sword. No, there was something I'm trying to remember. Anyways. It probably looks cool, because it's ancient, mm-hmm. but I don't think there's any stat bonuses for it. Okay. It's like a Draugr sword from, mm-hmm. from Skyrim. I was just wondering if I can have it when Bony Danza goes, because I'm still waiting for my thing that's way too heavy for me to carry to be fixed. Anyways, that was just a thought, side thought. Okay. Well... Even though I'm not a charitable person, I kind of want to run these guys through, but I know that's probably not a good idea. Yeah, without too much from you guys, they um, the leader will say, well, this has been a pleasant chat, but we have work to do. Move along. Stop. And he turns his back to you. I cast Mage Hand and I say, here's my benevolent hand. Cough up the farmer's money and we'll let you go. He, uh... <laughs> uh... 
Let us go. You come and you threaten a licensed guild member. Who are you, boy, to threaten me? Uh, the farmer looks terrified, and uh, he starts he starts begging, saying, "Please, it's it's no trouble. Uh, you know they'll finish their work. I've I've already paid my fee, and and we can all move on. This is this is all fine. Please." Can I look these guys up? Like, how tough do they actually look? Considering that we just fought Sir Bradford and um, fucking Bellic. I mean, we barely even fought, really. <laughs> Eviscerated. My point. <laughs> sort of slaughtered. <laughs> I can't exactly give you a, a full reading, but I can say the two people with him seem like pretty regular Joes, but um, the, the guy who's talking to you right now his uh, confidence isn't without merit he seems uh, quite capable um, what are the rules if, we're, if you attack another guild member with a license well I mean from what you know you know you, you need a license to take these jobs once you're uh, licensed and, and on a job you, it's kind of uh, protected by the city that's why they control licenses and everything um, it doesn't mean that there aren't still personal disputes, um, but there's always a kind of, like classically, you know, if you had gone up and have, were having a conversation with someone from um, like the Arcane College, which has like a long history in the city and quite an amount of renown, it would be stupid to go, you know, to kind of go toe to toe with someone with that kind of status. So, as I said before, this is a bit of a newer guild. Normally, it would be a very bad idea to anger a well-established guild. You're not as sure about this situation. Um, in general, still not, not a great call. Because, you know, you're not usually just messing with one person. You're messing with, you know, the, the group that they're associated yeah. with. Yeah. Just and these guys are on the job. For, like, my own information, do guilds typically, are they, like, competing with each other within the city? Or are they generally, like, friendly? Some of them have a competitive nature. Um, it's always competitive in terms of getting jobs. You know, if they're desired by the same guild, if it's a, a high-paying contract that's out or something. Okay, so it's more like a contractual thing, not like gang warfare sort of thing. No, not gang for more like just corporate competitive nature. Okay. Um, I'm going to slightly uh, out of character for Thorn, but not really say to Hugo, let them go. We can't mess this up right now, but we'll keep them in our books. Yeah. But what happens if they just go down and this happens to the next person and we could have stopped it? I think it will, but I think we might, we're better to stop it when we have our own guild seal. If we do something now, we may piss off some people we don't understand yet. There's obviously something shady going on here, but I think we can figure it out. Okay. I'd like to ask two things then. Um, I'm going to ask this D-hole uh, what his name is. Oh, is, uh, my name is Brock. You remember it. Remember it? I've never heard of your family. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not surprised. You probably weren't even educated. Can you read, boy? I, gr oh. I grab the back of you and I'm like, we know you can read. It's okay. And I reach into my pocket and pull out... How much money did they say he gave? Uh, they didn't. How much money did you give to them? 
Uh, the farmer says he paid um, 30 gold. Oh, my God. Um, how much money did you lose by burning your crops? Jeez, that's a tough one. Maybe, you know, another 40, 40 gold selling a field full of corn. All right, so I pull in and I give him 70 gold. It's very kind. He thanks you. He bows deeply. He's, <laughs> it's such a mix of emotion. He went going from sad to worried to afraid of the confrontation to now being gifted an incredibly significant amount of money. Um, I don't think he has great control over his emotions right now, but he's very thankful. Okay. While at the same time trying to not be rude to the uh, the 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 guild members here. And I'll just say, I hope this makes up for your loss. I'll give him another another fifty out of my pocket. And as I'm digging it out, I'm gonna make sure Brock sees my Fitzmonster signet ring and see if he has a reaction to that. You see him glance at it, but he has no emotional reaction all right brock you can go better not let me catch you out here again hmm. he doesn't really engage anymore he says fine suppose you lowlifes somehow came across some money yeah your mom paid us for sex <laughs> they <laughs> before they leave they turn to the farmer and they go next time Remember to try and prevent this from happening again. You know, it's not just your fields, but it spreads to everyone else. And then they start to leave. That isn't a big heap of bullshit. Really living up to the name Dickhead Eyes. <laughs> yeah. And then I will actually They're all close to his nose. And he... I, I hold out my mage I'll hand so with like the middle before. finger up in front of him as long as I can. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to turn to Hugo and say, look, I know that was hard, but I'm actually very impressed with you for doing that. And it may actually be the first time I'm impressed with you, but I don't mention that. Uh, well, I'm impressed with <laughs> Thorn for um, sharing her wealth in a completely unselfish and altruistic way. Yeah, that was surprising. Yes and no, but it works. <laughs> now, let's go accomplish our task of getting our guilds. <laughs> Um, the farmer, having nothing to offer, just kind of continues to blabber thank yous and blessings and will stay at the side of the road, kind of bowing and thanking you until you leave. Um, can I just get him and give him my contact or our contact and just say, if they come around again and you notice that they're asking, can you let us know? Uh, he says he will always remember your name and the, the, the great kindness you have done to him. Okay. As, as we kind of go back to the cart, I just want to ask Gregory, this, this disease that seems to be spreading around, is this the same disease that uh, Prince Horngard is suffering from? Do we know? Uh, I don't know that. I would imagine... Well, I don't think crops and people get the same sickness, but... But it seems to be... Like, I mean, we're, you know, we're seeing... They, the these guys said that this disease is is sort of spreading all through or all around the town, and you know we're seeing animals. I don't know. You're right. It does seem suspicious, and it can't be a coincidence. All right, let's go get our guild seal so we can fuck up this benevolent hand group. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> all right, you guys continue to make your way. 
you know, the, the signs as you pass through the countryside are, I think, made pretty clear to you. And you eventually start to approach the city walls. Um, as you come back, so as you make your way back to the city, you're, you're still coming along uh, the road by the coast that you took out. You enter back in to the field ward, um, into the troll yard where many of the merchant merchants normally um, gather up and prepare before leaving. You see the common sight of sick and malnourished citizens out in the, um, you know, the filthy field ward out here, not in the city proper. It smells real bad, which is typical, yet made that bit more severe by the, uh, the coming summer weather and what seems to be an increase in, uh, an increase in sickness. As you pull the cart up and through the troll yard, you reach, um, yeah, you reach the entrance to the city proper, and it is guarded. As you come up, Gregory gets off his horse and approaches the guards at the gate, and you overhear a brief conversation. They, they stop him, they demand to see certification, and they inform him that um, only certified merchants and mem- uh, members on official business are allowed through uh, these gates. Um, all normal citizens may only enter through the main gate. Gregory does uh, pull out of his cloak a, a few bits, or you can't quite tell. He shows him s- some material, and the guards do step aside. As Gregory comes back to the cart, he says, Yeah, we can, we can go through. Security's been a little tight lately. Okay, um, so because we can go through... And Gregory's walking back to the front of the cart, right? Yeah, he's, he like he stopped the cart. He walked forward. You know, he talked to them. You you could overhear the conversation, and then he's coming back to to get back into the driving position and tell us that, and we can go in. I'm gonna tell Boney Danza, who's hiding behind a bush, to come jump in the cart. <laughs> <laughs> Can't we just like put him in a bag? See, like I like your. <laughs> I know. I like your bony Danza, but it's going to get really tough to just, like, have him around all the time. He's so quiet, you won't even notice. (laughs) I promise, Mom, I'll take care of him. I'll take him for a walk. I'll clean up after him. He's just a full swords guy. He's not invisible, though. He's just... I mean, you're entering into a developed city with magic. Like, people have sense on dead... You know, the guards aren't unfamiliar with this. I know he's, like, attuned to you, in a sense, because he's from a magical item. Ugh, fine. I see where this is going. <laughs> it's just that if you have uh-huh. a skeleton walk around... Yeah, they'd be very cool. But anyways... <laughs> Listen, Thorn, I know this is hard, but we have to let this one go. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to walk up to bon- Boney Danza... I'm going to take his scarf and his top hat. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just imagining like a Harry and the Hendersons thing. Like, go! Get out of here! We don't want you! <laughs> I was picturing like how you give the they put the magical uh, top hat on Frosty, the snowman and he yeah. comes to life. But you're walking up and you're like, I have to take the hat back, Frosty. I'm sorry. And then I also ask him for his sword because I need something to stab people with currently. I mean, he'll hand it over. It's a very... 
old sword. It's almost a fossil at this point. And then I give him a, a pat on the ribs. Okay, you unsummon him for now. You know that we're about to go into a town where there's probably blacksmiths that you can buy swords from. I and understand. Rapiers and stuff. Okay, just saying. This one's free. <laughs> Anyways, stop ruining my emotional goodbye. I didn't do that with dog. This is my first pet that hasn't rejected me in any campaign that we've had so far. Because <laughs> it doesn't have free will. Servant. <laughs> It loves me because it has to. Exactly. <laughs> so um, I say goodbye and I get in the cart. I put yeah, on my top. So you've hat. broken the summon. Yeah. yeah. Goodbye. Okay, so Bony. Bony Danza crum- crumbles into bone dust. Um, so does that sword. <laughs> You know what I miss I'm most? I'm sorry, but it's like a part of him. You know what I miss most about Bony Danza? How he, how he made us go over our maximum bone capacity. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> See you later, Bony Danza. I'll never forget. It'll his be top all hat. the more sweeter when he comes there back. <laughs> Bony Danza won't come up. Oh, you can't call another skeleton Bony Danza. We have we have other pun I think names. We just get another names. puppy and name with the same thing. There'll be more. <laughs> there will be more though. All right, now that the skeleton issue is taken care of, <laughs> so you're back on the cart and you're starting to enter into the sea ward. So the sea ward, um, I can provide you guys a bit of a map just for your own reference to help as I go along with this. So. Um, you guys have your little maps in front of you, if that helps you follow along. So you've come in at the very uh, northwest side into that small gate on the main road of the seaward. Uh, the cart makes its way south. You pass by nice family homes and many gorgeous old temples. Uh, the seaward is both a um, spot for middle to like well-off families and holds many, if not uh, almost all, of uh, clerical and places of worship. Um, as you continue south down the road, um, you'll you can see off in the distance the arena. This is a famous fighting arena. Uh, public events are held here as well as regular. Uh, competition for gold. It's both used in celebration, entertainment, and is a good practice grounds for many of the local fighters trying to make a name for themselves. Sorry, that's is that where the number two is? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, that's the arena. Oh yeah, okay. <laughs> um, and then the cart cuts east and heads towards the main road of the whole city. And that main road goes from the the center gate to the north, all the way south through the north ward, um, along the border of the castle ward and the trade ward, all the way down to the docks. And as you come up, yeah, you can see there's inside the castle ward, there's there's a large market. This is kind of a specialty high-end market. You notice a lot of heightened security for the castle ward. There is fully armored guards. They seem to be turning back regular citizens. Um, in general, there seems to be a very clear 
order of uh, restriction, restricted access into the castle ward. And that was different than um, when we left. Well, it was it was locked down when you left. It's it's still kind of locked down. Um, and ge- in general, there's a lot more guard presence around the city than there normally would be. And so, yes, as you reach this main street, you guys would know that yeah, to the south is the trade wards. Um, there's a lot of shops, um, merchants, um, the smithies will be down there. Um, if you see that uh, number seven, there's an area called the Smith's Court. Um, it's where a number of renowned blacksmiths uh, do their work. And that was where you were told that Rurik's cousin Turek uh, works in a magical weapon reforging. To the north is the North Ward. And this is where you will be headed to reach Ion's library, the destination of your proprietor. As you pass through the North Ward, you see many of the city's famous guilds. So you will see... Do we see the Benevolent Hand? Oh, yeah. Yeah, but the Benevolent Hand is... um. A new building, the kind of a, a modern building, and it's like right at the road. It's kind of across from the market in the North Ward. Um, it's a stone building. Uh, there's a big front entrance. They've got like a simple logo up, and um, though the first two floors are constructed of kind of a nice stone design, there's kind of some higher levels that are um, wood and kind of like under construction. Are there any um, horse droppings in the street? What horse droppings? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like there, there is mess in the streets. It's not as clean as uh, maybe it was once kept. Can I subtly use my mage hand to uh, chuck some horse shit at the benevolent hand building? <laughs> Yeah, this guild is horseshit at their building. <laughs> yeah, you get away with it, I suppose. No, even the people who notice, what are they gonna do? <laughs> <laughs> Laugh, assholes. So yeah, as you guys enter in the North Ward, there's a lot of nice buildings here, and there's a lot of old historical buildings here. Um, there's the Fighters Guild, um, which has a large uh, stone-walled perimeter. Um, with a central kind of keep and has known to have many training grounds on its property. The Arcane College is a mastery of stone construction. It, it's uh, tall spires, uh, big marble arches. This is a very wealthy um, guild and it shows in their in their design. There's also the Paladin's Keep. It's uh, an old, um, it's an old temple that's been maintained with lush grounds. Um, there's the Archer's Range, which is a pretty simple strip of land with multiple ranges set up. There's the Bardic School of the Arts, um, which looks like a community college. <clears throat> <laughs> And the House of Subtlety and Subversion, which is uh, close by to the Bardic School, but has a little bit of a different flair. 
And as you make your way past all these uh, wonderful and unique properties, you get close to a plot of land that backs onto the um, outside walls of the city. And this is when, for the first time, you guys really take a look at Ion's library. So this is a old stone building. There's sections left in disrepair. Um, there is like one tower kind of in the back of this steep arched roof two-story building. Um, but there's like sections crumbled, so it's open to the elements. Um, it's a decent sized lot, but it's full of weeds and overgrowth. Um, even the old cobblestone paths are, it's, it's almost like a trail path in a forest. They've been left to degrade so much. And uh, Gregory pulls up, he drops you guys off at the front, and he said, you can go in and <clears throat> speak to Darius. He is our guildmaster, and uh, you can report to him on your success. Uh, I will go around back and take care of the horses in the cart. He's going to kill the horses? <laughs> so he lets you off. <laughs> He's gonna go brush them and feed them take care of them <sighs> so to the entrance it has two large wooden doors uh, as you guys approach and enter into this um, the, the old library here it is uh, it's got a stale smell as you open the doors and you can kind of feel the silence from inside wash over you. There's books everywhere. Um, in fact, as you enter into these two large double doors, there's basically a central desk. There's shelves on all the walls. There's two curving staircases on either side, on the right and left, that curve up to a second floor. But the one on the left is unusable because it's the steps are filled with books and scrolls and just junk you know this basically looks like a hoarder's house inside of here but you're able to cautiously make your way in and you hear a faint voice call um from a back room it says come back come back to see me yeah you're being kind of ushered into a, a back room go to the bathroom. let's go all right you um Enter into a door of what kind of looks like a an office, and a middle-aged man sits behind a desk. This room is cluttered, like the rest of the building seems to be. He, uh, the man stands. He's a human. He doesn't look in great shape. You know, he's got some bandages on part of his body. His clothes are a little unshevelled. Uh, a kind of. Part of his head has been wrapped up, and the bandages cover his eye and his ear on the, the right side. But he stands nonetheless to greet you. He says, greetings. It's very good to see you uh, in person. My name is Darius. And yes, I am the one who, who sought you out um, to give you a chance at working for for me, for us here, at our humble guild. Uh, I take it things went well, I hope? Please tell me how your trip went. And he motions to some chairs 
you're gonna have to clear some junk off of them to sit down, but but there's chairs for everyone if you wish. You don't fit in them. <laughs> Probably don't. <laughs> Just like bumping books everywhere you walk, like a bull in a chun shop. <laughs> I look around and I'm very uncomfortable. I'll tell them we ran into some unpleasant folk on the road. Some of these benevolent handies. Hmm. Yes, indeed. Uh, not all the guilds hold a high standard of civility. These new times are trying. I hope there weren't too much trouble. Not yet. Hey, Hugo? Well, I'm sure you have many questions, but first, tell me. Did you return the apple I asked for? Return it or bring it? <laughs> bring it. <laughs> Return with the apple, I suppose. <laughs> I reach into my bag and uh, pull out the apple. Ah, excellent. Uh, he takes it and he places it on the desk. He says, well, excellent job. And did you learn anything uh, while you were at the Citadel? Please uh, tell me. I'm interested in, in what kind of knowledge you were able to attain. Hmm. This sounds right up that alley of uh, I'm looking for some nerdy guy to talk to about stuff. We learned that the real golden apple are the friends we made along the way. (laughs) (laughs) Does he start gagging at this sentiment? (laughs) Uh, Hugo wanted to talk to somebody. Um, Yeah, I wanted to learn about a dragon prince that may have been buried in the area. Also, there's a there's a white dragon living in there in the ruins there, so probably write that down. <laughs> oh, very curious! A white dragon, you say? In indoors? How big was it? It was fucking enormous. <laughs> oh. Well, it seems you handled yourselves quite well in the face of such a creature. But you say it lives, then? Yes. Also, at, there's at a tree, and that's the last apple because we destroyed the tree. There was a tree. And do you know, how did this tree come to be able to produce such a miraculous fruit? So at that question, uh, Cass like, gets disgusted and, and he says, with, with uh, disease, disease <laughs> magic, he spits Ooh, on the floor. <laughs> I can, I'll, I'll produce the book, Bellic's book on Druidic Theory, edition one. Um, for my bag, and I'll say there was a crazy, uh, batshit crazy druid down there who was experimenting with magic and corrupted plants, and I can sell you this book for the low, low price of 200 gold pieces. <laughs> it has all of his notes, all of his methodology, and it might hold some knowledge to what's going on currently with the, the blight in the surrounding areas. What a sales pitch. Darius laughs heartily. Ah, uh, <laughs> oh, the spirit of a young adventurer. Quite fantastic. It seems like your companions have already started wearing off on you, Hugo. 200 gold, he says. <laughs> Very, go, just wait patiently. Uh, you will be paid for your services. Uh, but this book is of quite a value. I truly appreciate it. And he takes the book carefully 
Uh, he kind of dusts it lightly, flips through it very briefly um, before kind of carefully placing it on a stack on his desk. He treats it with quite a reverence. It just took just the took book it. out of your hands. Um, so we'll say, I'm surprised you don't have more questions, um, but I will provide answers. No, I have less. <laughs> Cass has a question. <laughs> oh, got a quick question. Yeah. Uh, now that we've sort of seen this this blight disease type thing, is this what Prince Horngard uh, is suffering from? Is that why? Is that what this whole quest was for in order to get this apple? Yes, you're on to something. It seems like some people have been working on disease, as you said. This druid uh, being one of them, and. I have been seeking out knowledge on this, these new actions, and I had suspected that they were related to some of the plights that have been happening um, around the area. This includes disease of crops, sickness in man, and I do believe that it was related um, to the prince's illness. It was? Did the prince die? No, but he was saved by another. You have done great work bringing the apple. It is truly unfortunate that it is no longer needed, but you are successful nonetheless, and the information you have brought from this druid's research is uh, priceless. Okay, wait a second. Wait. Yeah. First off, who saved the prince? <laughs> well, I'm afraid it was the benevolent hand. Oh, yeah. Surprise, uh, surprise. Bullshit. Come on, Darius. They somehow, somehow found a cure. I'm very sorry. I understand your upsets, but I don't know how they got contact with him. But I do. Nonetheless, Maybe it was announced. It was announced two days ago that the prince has overcome his illness. He made a brief public appearance um, to celebrate his um, return to health. And in fact... There will be slight celebrations two days from now in the city. That Jabrock's mom fucked him back to life. <laughs> what the hell? Oh my god. <laughs> the anger. Um, okay, uh, the other thing being it's, I don't know if we mentioned the whole, they were doing it on rats, the blight. Is that something that's in the book? Was that where we were talking about that? Yeah, I mean, if you you want, like, he'll ask some questions, he'll go through, he'll get you guys to share all the information um, regarding this research. You can talk about the rooms where they did experiments on rats. And then, um, yeah, okay, who's in charge of the As that conversation hand? comes up, he will ask, um, did you manage to attain any of the the... the you know, foul concoctions they were working on. Didn't somebody? Yeah, we have a vial of disease, I think. Or a vial of... A vial of... Don't you still have rats tied around? Uh, yeah, elixir. Elixir of disease. Yeah. Yeah. No, he gave the no, rats. No, I gave the rats. I actually, I utilized those rats more than once, <laughs> going back and listening to the old episodes. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> There's always more rats. He'll request the sample um, of kind of the disease concoction. Before we just, like, continue to give everything to this guy, 
like, do any of us know anything about this guild or about Darius? And why is he all fucked up? Like, was you can make a yeah. history check. Like, what happened to him? <laughs> and you can ask him. Okay, so yeah, first I'd like to. Oh, well, okay, first I'd like to make a history check about him and just see if I like. Do I know anything about the guild yeah. or about him or whatever? He's addressing me by my first name. Like, yeah, you're all me. welcome to roll history. Yeah, he. You in fact notice that as you guys have casual conversations, he addresses you all by name. Well, he like he was the one who sought us all out, right? Or invited he calls me us. Thorn? Yeah. Okay. Well, so. yeah, he calls you by the name you prefer. Okay. <laughs> he, uh... but in all of them, he speaks to you like like he knows you. Yeah. So he, but he invited us, right? He was the one who essentially gathered us to go on this expedition. Yeah. Yeah. You guys got a letter. You all received it in a bit of a, a weird way, and for whatever reason, you all felt the desire to take on this job, knowing very little and without much pretext. Um, I think you were all just in your own situations that put you into a position where you would not turn down an opportunity. Yes. Okay, so I rolled a 15 for history. Okay, did anyone else roll some decent history checks? I rolled a 17. No. No. (laughs) All right, 15, 17, that's what we're looking at. Okay, um, you kind of know... A decent general history. You know, this is an old guild. You know, its heyday was in past eras. Um, You know that in general, people refer to it just as a library. It doesn't really have the status that other guilds do, right? It doesn't specialize in a technique. Uh, It doesn't take much action in the politics um, around the city and surrounding areas. Doesn't burn people's uh, fields to the ground and give them blight? No, it's generally very neutral, and as a guild, it doesn't get many um, applications for members as it doesn't take on a lot of um, quests or jobs. The main goal of Ion's knowledge is the worship of Ion and, and to protect and preserve uh, knowledge in the lands. It has the the air of a once respected guild that is now washed up. It is generalized in its collection of knowledge, whereas many of the modern thriving guilds specialize. You know, so the some of the temples will have amazing records of uh, religious worship, ceremony, um, all the the connections and relations of the gods. Right, like. Um, the fighters guild will have martial techniques, you know, uh, battle strategy, you know, ri- you know, th- they're very developed, but this place is so generalized and, and it's definitely out of its era. And Darius, you said he's kind of middle-aged. Like, is he a relatively new leader of this guild or has he been? Um, you guys don't know that particularly about his personal history. Um, all right, then I'm just going to ask him, like, I want to, I'll ask him two questions. First question, if, you know, if this, this guild doesn't typically take on contracts and, and things like that, so why, why now, like, why take on this contract? And it, it, if this is a contract, was it just a generalized, like, any guild can go look for this thing or, or, or help? Or was it, you know, where they chose, because obviously someone else accomplished the task, so... Were they, like, 
chosen or was this a bidding war for the contract or something like that? Yeah, some contracts are bidded on, some are given to specific guilds, and others are open contracts. Um, because of um, the necessity of the prince's ill health and his unresponsiveness to classic treatments, uh, the contract was made open. Okay. And so why why take it on? Why now, after so many years of, of not getting involved in this kind of thing? So Darius would say, well, there's no real beating around the bush. There has been a change. He did not think action would be required, but he has spent years studying, uh, accumulating knowledge, um, books and scrolls and bits of information that um, are rejected by others, right? All, all knowledge is equal value in the eyes of Ion. And he was happy going about this kind of personal business of growing his library and and doing his part. And though this resulted in the, the kind of the neglect of his guild, it did pay off in the unfortunate realization that he has come to. He has spent years practicing divination magic. And though the rituals for these spells are exhausting and sometimes damaging to himself, he has gained an understanding of a change that is happening, a chaos in fate, you could say. And as he attempts to divine this future that seems to be coming for the people here, he saw potential horrors, potential devastation, some great heroes, some villains. You know, when you're divining for the future, things come in flashes and you try to put them together. But the reason he reached out to you all, even though there seems to be no connection, is that while you guys are... You know, and you're not famous heroes or powerful individuals or necessarily, you know, blessed by some god. But you all had potential. And you were all seen by him in some way related to this new change in fate. He, he says, I'm sure you've all seen the disease that's coming, the sickness. And you are right in suspecting that these things are related. Something is happening and changing the land. There has been new potentials out. You know, these are both good and bad. And he believes that you three are gifted with potential. And so that is why he reached out. There's four of us. Four of you, sorry. <laughs> you three, he looks at Thorn. <laughs> Whoops. The four of you have potential, yeah. I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. So what happened to your fucking face? <laughs> some of the rituals I have performed have taken a toll, and it has cost me some of my health. But rest assured, I will, I will recover. Uh, Groggery has worked with me um, for many years now, and he is loyal 
He he helps me take action, and I normally stay indoors with my books. So because one of his eyes was covered by the bandage, he could only see three of us? <laughs> that's <what> I, <laughs> yeah, that's why. <laughs> sure. So is it just is it just you and Groggery? Uh, as of right now, yes. We are the only active members, and that is why I have guild seals available for you. And as he says this, he uh, opens one of the drawers on his desk, uh, closes it, realizing it's the wrong one, goes for the lower one, <laughs> uh, shuffles through, and pulls out um, four metal kind of like talismans. So these are kind of palm size, intricate metal discs. Um, they have the symbol of Ion's knowledge, which is a book and an eye um, on a shield crest. And it has some printed kind of writing. And this writing is um, the, the, the intricate scribe recognizing that this is a city certified um, guild seal. They're made of gold and silver with small highlights of platinum. They're they're very intricate and they look like they'd be expensive, but uh, you know, the value is in the status, not the material. And he hands them all over to you and he says, I know this is sudden and without much knowledge, and I will try to be true that you know, I I have fears for the future. And I saw you as potential players. I don't have many ways to influence the happenings of this world, but if you are willing to help, I think we can make quite a difference, quite a change to the potential events that will happen. (laughs) Who's the head of the stupid hand? (laughs) Oh, yeah. He doesn't actually know. Hmm. Because I feel like he's where we need to start. I understand that uh, you had some conflict with them, but there are many guilds in action, and they all have their own um, goals and schemes and ways of making money. I can't promise you much in the way of riches, but I can provide you with purpose and uh, the knowledge of how to make your own choices. And I think you all have the potential to do great good, and only your choices will flush out your potential futures. Go back a little bit there. You said something about not riches. <laughs> he doesn't have much riches. Yeah, you, but you said you're he, not going to give us riches. <laughs> he will provide you a fee for. He goes. I understand where you're getting at. Um, he'll hand out. I just selflessly gave 70 gold to some guy at the side of the road so I could come here faster. It's quite a deal. And I mean also to help him, I guess, but so that I could get back here faster. So he will provide you all with... You'll get 200 gold each for your job here. That's That's a lot of riches. Yeah, it's a fair bit. It's 200 gold each. He said, um, this should help you prepare yourselves. Um, he, you've all made, you have all grown quite a bit from even immediately before I sent you off in this mission. It seems like you are more capable already. Um, 
I have a bit of a lead on a potential another job if you are all interested in continuing with this. Um, for now, uh, before I need to do a little bit more work, but you're welcome to spend some time in the city and prepare as you need. So do, as, as members of a guild, is, is this like Ion's library? Is, is that like a guild house where there would be like a dormitory or something? Where we sleep yeah, so, is what he wants to know. <laughs> like, is there a place for yeah. us to stay? Yeah. Are there some books we can stock into The grounds somewhere? are pretty run down as now three of the total or four of the total uh, six members of this whole guild. Um, there's there's space for you. Um, there's some living quarters that have been maintained. Um, there are other areas of this guild property you guys can like investigate over time, but you may have to develop some of them yourself. You might have to clear some areas or um, pay for some things to be constructed if you want kind of extra facilities at this guild hall. But there's also, you know, many services available around the city. So, yeah, there's, there's a small external building that is kind of the bunkhouse that's been maintained. It's a small wooden structure simple beds kind of you know divided up spaces but it's all within just one larger room so that's available for you guys for sleeping quarters cool so uh, w- sorry um darius is he said he's got some work to do i'm just gonna ask you know as as maybe we're kind of getting ready to leave what's his plan with this apple now it, like the prince doesn't need it. It's the last of its kind. It's the last of its kind, and it, mm-hmm. and it's and it can be dangerous. We know that the seeds planted can cause these twig blights. Uh, Darius would say, um, "Yes, I I wish to go over the notes that you've brought me, and I will keep the apple secured and safe. Um, like all things, even dangerous knowledge is worth protecting at times." And so once I've had time to go over his notebook, I'll decide the final fate of this apple. It may be useful in the future, but for now it'll stay safely with me. You know what? I feel like I've been too harsh on the benevolent hand, and maybe this apple would be a good peace offering for their home garden. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, turn around. Just pluck the seeds from it, yeah. So can he tell us anything about this potential work that he has for us? He can say for now, he's he has some insight on a potential treasure, some items of value, and a certain material that he thinks will be useful in the future. You definitely with, piqued my interest with a couple words in that sentence. <laughs> hmm. With the changes happening, with this disease and sickness, um, he has worries that they will they may need special gear to be well prepared for the coming trials. And so, um, Hela actually, he, he looks knowingly at you and says, to tell you the truth, I have been investigating a lost dwarven, uh, keep. You know, rumors have been spread of its existence deep in the mountains, mining, uh, rare metals and materials, but... It has been lost for many, many years. Does that have something to do with Durgadin the Black? I believe I have a lead. Is that name from one of the books you found? No, that was from a bone case that we found in the dragon's lair. 
in the dragon's nest is a dwarven bone case and it had some kind of uh inscription about a secret secret dwarven readout and then the name Durgad in the black was mentioned and then a whole bunch of other stuff that didn't make sense to us uh, he'll say oh very interesting very interesting I, i'm still not sure but it, it could be of use and he kind of holds out a hand <laughs> I give him a high five. <laughs> Down low, too slow. <laughs> Says, ah, fine then. That shall be your homework. And read through it and report back to me oh, what you've I mean, learned. I guess. I guess I'll like. I just wrote it down. I, I'll, I'll. I'll hand it over. I don't know what. To, what else to do with it? But I would also like to ask him if he can provide any knowledge or like show me what books to read about. The dragon priest thing. Um, yes, he can write down a few notes. Um, you'll have to go and find the books yourself and look them up and study them. Um, but he'll give you some indicators of um, what books to look up and where you might find them. So we'll do that as um, you'll be able to spend some of your personal time to like sort through, make a couple checks. Yeah. And I'll try and provide you some extra knowledge. We'll do like a montage. Uh, my, my question, where's the... <laughs> Research montage. Where's the prison? The prison? Yes. The city prison? Yes. Good question. <laughs> I don't know where it is yet. <laughs> All right. Uh, can I? Can we talk? Why about do that you later? want to know? Can we text text about that later? Yes. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Okay. I can flesh that out if you're interested. All right. Uh, Darius is curious, but if you want to keep it close to yourself... I haven't said it to Darius. I was just asking you because I had some ideas of what I was going to do personally. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. There's a prison. I can can let you know once I pick a spot for it. I would know where it is already. Sure. Yeah. It's not like it's necessarily secret knowledge. Yeah. And and the other thing was I'm just going to have to go and get my sword done. Are we going to do that next session? Uh, we can, if you guys want to finish up. You can do some shopping at the beginning of next session, and then... I did want to ask, uh, Hugo, your your family, they're, they're well off. Um, where would you like their estate to be? <laughs> next door! Uh, so <laughs> you can, I, I think it could be in the Sea Ward, the North Ward, or the South Ward. The castle ward, it could be in. Um, it's like the highest end part of the city. But I, I don't know, like, give me a sense of kind of how well off your family actually is. I'd say probably like north, north ward. Yeah, like an estate that's close to the other guilds. Because they are, is your family have like a long history of being associated with magic? Like the study of the arcane? Yeah, yeah, my parents are both wizards, and they never shut up about it. So we'll, we'll say that um, your family estate is actually fairly close by, right? So you're in the, the northeast section of the North Ward. Guilds are pretty central. Um, I'll say your family has an estate uh, on the southern end of the North Ward. All right, I'm going to uh, set up camp here in this place but i would like to have easy access i would like to be one of the like derelict falling apart places that people don't go in very often so that i can easily come and go with no one watching me yeah the kind of um cabin where the bunks are 
has uh, a front room, like a front entrance, all the bunks on the left and right. We'll say there's like a small kitchen in the back. The shitter's outside in a little box. It's nothing fancy. There are parts of the library that are like practically unexplored, though, as well. So it's even possible that with a little bit of time you find yourself kind of an unused room in the main building if you want to be separate. But but yeah, we can leave off with you guys bunking down if there's... Yeah, I think so. And then next session we can so I start think to explore. We probably all get together. We've all been given our guild signature thingies. Signets. Signets. Yeah, so that means that so as he mentioned, like he he's trying to formulate an idea about where to send you guys on the next mission from him. But now that you're licensed guild members, you can take on independent contracts as well. Um, I would say that we get we leave the room with our signet things, and I would look and go, "What the fuck's that guy? How does he know so much about us? Why? Are, what is going on? We got to figure this out. Something's fishy about this new guild. I want to find out about it." Even if our research-based leader here doesn't think much of it. Oh, I this think, new guild being the benevolent hand. I think I figured out the sickness. Brock's mother is spreading VD all over Waterdeep. <laughs> Case closed. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. <laughs> it's mega gonorrhea. Damn, who knew that Hugo would figure out that Brock's mom is the BDG of the whole storyline? <laughs>